0: So this is week five of the uh, unworthy, or otherwise, according to our uh, graphic, falling short sermon series, and uh, we went through several different aspects of this uh, story of the Good Samaritan, and we're looking into it and seeing that. Jesus allowed insight for those that were listening that day to know that there are different ways of reacting to situations, that there are methods to the madness that sometimes we get in too big of a hurry, and I love it that, uh, the praise and worship team just sang that song that we need to be still and know that He is God. Um, I remember a service early on when Leslie and I become pastors at at the church, and she was just on the piano at that time, and uh, she wrote a song during the service that just came to her, and it was really in that moment and I believe that I don't think it really has a name but she said these words that you are God and I'm not and in that song she sang and there's a lot of other words than just that to it but it makes me think that sometimes we have to and need to stop playing God of our own lives and allow him to come in because his ways are higher than our ways the bible says that we need to look to him for answers and quit trying to work it out ourselves is there anybody guilty in here of trying to fix it yourself hopefully there's some truth tellers in the room has a lot of hands And I don't know about you, but in my life, when I tried to fix my life, usually the more I tried and the harder I tried, the worse it got. Can anybody say amen? Because in our humanity, and in our striving for making our life better, cleaning our life up, and... not saying it's impossible and I'm not saying God doesn't give us wisdom and some of those things to be able to do some things and self-determination, self-control there is things in the Bible that leans that way and some of that I know is true that he allowed me and gifted me with the ability to stop something that I knew needed to stop and one of it the biggest one in my life that I can think of was I had went down the wrong path and became a basically alcoholic in drinking way too much and way too often, and how I knew I had a problem was when I was found myself going to the bars through the weeknight. <laughs> Joe Don, <Dawn>. you <laughs> was probably in some of those escapades. Not Joe Dahon. She was just at home praying for me, wasn't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. But until it smacks us in the face, we don't realize it's a problem. It's just something we just gradually go down that slippery rope of going and going and going, and eventually it just takes hold of her life, and it got out of control. And I stayed out real late in a bar one night. and I went into work the next morning, and I know my dad was proud of me that. I'd got home at like 3 o'clock in the morning and somehow him and mom beat me upside the head and woke me up and I got in the car to go to work with him and got to work the next morning and I probably smelled like a brewery. And the boss looked at me and said, okay, you're not going to be allowed to go out there and do your job today. I'm going to keep you in here in the shop and let you work on some things. And at the end of the day that day, he handed me a layoff check. It become a problem, but that wasn't enough to stop me. There's other occasions that I went on binges, and one time I got on a binge with my uncle, and he had been an alcoholic his whole life, and just sad things had happened that I experienced as a kid, watching him just completely unravel. And I was out on a on a binge with him one time, and I got home the next morning, and I, We woke up and had passed out and had drove all night long and just doing all the things wrong. And I woke up that next morning and I looked over and he was laying there in his vomit. And I looked and I said, I will not be that when I'm I'm in my mid-50s. And that was the last drink of alcohol I'd ever had to this day. I was not a Christian, but God gave me the ability and the clarity, and I don't know if it was my mom praying for me to have a realization like that, but I stopped on an instant. And that was a year, over a year, before I got saved in church. So I'm not telling you you can't do anything on your own. You are a human, and he did give you self-will, and he does give you the power to overcome things. But sometimes you face storms in this song. And sometimes there's floods. And the thunder's roaring. You've got to be still and know He's God. Because He can get you out of messes. I assure you that He can get you out of messes. Sure, you can do some things on your own. But we need Him in a bigger way than we've ever known. And this unworthy series is kindly wrapped all the way around that that I wanted us to, as a church, begin this year in twenty twenty two in understanding that we all feel unworthy. We all fall short. And there are seasons in our life where that even once we come into our Christianity that we are striving and going and working towards. And it, it, I've done this in my own life where it feels like sometimes. And I know the Bible says, "Work out your own soul of salvation with fear and trembling before God." Understand that. But sometimes it takes us on the path where we think we're earning our salvation. There's a difference in working towards your salvation and earning your salvation because I assure you this you cannot earn your salvation with good works it's only through and by the blood of Jesus Christ and his death burial and resurrection that we will inherit eternal life we must be born again is what Jesus told Nicodemus that's where we know in John 3 16 the most famous verse of all the Bible For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him would not perish but have everlasting life. We know that verse by heart. But Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, who was a very devout religious person that did not understand. He knew the word of God. He could quote the word of God. But he didn't understand being born again. We cannot earn our salvation. We have to accept that Jesus paid the price for sin on the cross for my sin, for your sin, and all of the world's sin. And it's only through and by him we will ever be saved. Scripture tells us there's by no other name under heaven is given whereby we must be saved other than Jesus. Everybody say that with me. Get used to saying that word, Jesus. If you want to answer to your problems, just learn to say Jesus. When you find yourself in the middle of a situation, you're driving down the road and you're scared and you're driving through the ice and and you don't know what to do, just say Jesus because he is the answer to your problem. Wherever you're going through and you're wondering about this and worried about this and life is happening and in the midst of the storm, just learn to say, Apparently not very many of you got the point, so let's do it again. So there's all kinds of trouble and your fear is overtaking you and you don't know what to do and you're going into a meeting and it seems like the world is unraveling around you. What are you going to say before you walk in the meeting? Jesus. There you go. The sooner we learn that, the better off we'll be. Because I know I am unworthy of that salvation. That means I did not earn it. I cannot earn it. I cannot clean myself up enough to become saved. Jesus is the one who cleans me from the inside out. Amen. Even though I fall short, he's still working on me, was the old song we sang in the old church. Amen. He's still working on me. He's still working on you. He's got his hands The Bible says that we are the the clay and he's the potter, that he's got his hands working on us. He is making you worthy because his son says you have become worthy. But in this story of the Good Samaritan, I want to read it one last time. Not the last time, hopefully, in life, but the last time during this series. Luke chapter 10 verse 25 through 37 it says one day an expert in the religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him some questions Jesus can handle your questions teacher what should I do to inherit eternal life Jesus replied what does the law of Moses say and how do you read it The man answered you must love the Lord your God with all your heart your soul and all your strength and all your mind And to love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 28. Right, Jesus told him. Do this and you will live. The man wanted to justify his actions. So he asked Jesus. And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied with a story. The Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. And he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of all his clothes. Beat him up and left him half dead beside the road. By chance everybody say by chance chance. a priest walked by and when he saw the man laying there he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by a temple assistant walked over and looked at him laying there but he also passed by the other side then everybody say then then a despised Samaritan came along. And when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Giving over, going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, Take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now which of these... Three, would you say was the neighbor to the man who was attacked by the bandits? Jesus asked. The smart aleck man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. And this whole story is painted around a picture of where the Jewish hierarchy of society was coming, and they had understood that Jesus had fed the 5,000 and 3,000, and they knew the miracles that had been working with a two-piece fish dinner, fed all those people, and there was a little bit of jealousy involved. And in humanity, there's jealousy. Anytime God causes you to rise up or gives you a platform or the ability to succeed, maybe it's a pay raise, maybe it's a a new level of position in your job or in your workplace, or maybe he's just allowing you to speak into lives that you hadn't been able to before. People don't like it when God's people succeed, the world gets jealous. So these Jewish leaders were coming and trying to trip Jesus up, but Jesus was pretty wise. He's God Himself. So Jesus looks at them and I love it and I told you this in week one that Jesus usually and normally if you look through scripture anytime somebody would ask him a question he would answer the question with a question and people get mad at me for doing that and I told you don't get mad at me get mad at Jesus because he's the one I'm trying to be like and if you want to teach your kids use these same principles where they ask you a question begin them to ask them a question answer their question with a question because in doing so you're going to make them think and when people learn how to think they're going to be better off so jesus is causing them to think through yes i know the scripture this man knew the scripture he quoted it back to jesus but there's a difference in being able to quote scripture and live scripture so what i'm trying to do through this sermon series is cause us to look at this text and say, yes, I know the story of the Good Samaritan. Yes, I've heard it now for five weeks. I've listened to it over and over and over. But you really say unless you listen to something eight times or tell somebody something eight times, they really don't get it. So you need to go home and read this at least three more times on your own. I know I've read it five, but you can get three more times out of it yourself, and maybe you'll get the point of it by the end of those three more times, which equals eight. Five plus three is eight. But in this story there is several individuals that fell short and that's what we're talking about is falling short and feeling unworthy. And Jesus didn't want this man to walk away feeling unworthy of being in his presence. Jesus doesn't press others down, he lifts them up. He isn't looking to push you down into the dirt or have the sea and the waves rolling over your head and shove you down into them. He's the one that stands up in the middle of the boat with you, the 12 disciples, and says, peace be still, and the waters cease. The storm ceases in an instant at the sound of his voice. So he's not looking to pressure you or push you down. He's looking to lift you up. And this individual don't need to walk away feeling unworthy because Jesus had answered his question with a question. So he didn't get the right answer with his question with a question. So then he goes on, and then Jesus tells a parable. And these are what, they stories that tells truth. We've all heard it said that a picture's worth a thousand words, right? So you can get a picture, and that's what I, I believe that Jesus told these parables for, was to paint a picture that was worth a lot more words than just a picture. This parable is not a thousand words, but there's a whole lot of words in it. If you look into it and dig into it and understand it. So there's a bunch of people that fell short here. There was the do-it-alone Jewish man that was beaten and left for dead by the road. We talked about that. We talked about that individual. He fell short, didn't he? There was the uppity pastor that traveled along this road, and he saw this person beat up. He was a Jewish person, so it was one of his, it'd be like me walking by you, seeing you out here in the parking lot laying there, and somebody beat you up, and me as the pastor just walking by and looking like, Eh, ain't got time for that right now, and going on my way. Everybody say that pastor fell short. Then, next along the line in the story comes this guy that comes along, and he's one of the church leaders, so it wouldn't just be like me walking by, you and you laying out there beaten up, left for dead, laying there beside the road. It wouldn't just be me doing it, but also maybe it's, it's uh, Brittany over there, the nursery worker, and, and, and then she comes walking by, and she looks over and sees you laying over there and be like, well, I ain't got time for that right now. I, I'm going to go in, in here and take care of these little kids. How many believes when we leave the herding along the side of the road as a church, we, the church, has fell short? Jesus didn't create and build a church for us to come in and get the field goods on a weekly basis. He planted the church through his disciples, so that the church would be a place where people would come in on a weekly basis and get encouraged and go back out in the world and live an exemplified life of Jesus Christ, the one who serves, the one who lifts up, the one who saves, the one who creates, the one that goes out and inspires others. I hope and pray when you come in here every week that when you go back into your classroom as a teenager or whether these little kids over here that go back out into the into the world that they're living in, more maybe they're going into daycare somewhere, that they could be the little kid that helps the other kid that's beat up, beaten, left for dead in this story, that they would be the one that helps. Christians should be helpers in this world. Can somebody say amen? If the world needs anything outside these walls that we're li- existing in this morning, they need to know that Christians care. So in falling short... I believe the bridge gets it right a lot of the times. I think our community knows if they're looking for a church that they can reach out to and call and say, can I get some help? I think they call the bridge. Why? Because we are known in this community as a church that helps. And it doesn't matter. what It may be somebody that goes to a different church. That's okay. We'll help you anyway. Amen. Because it doesn't matter the name over our door. It doesn't matter the title of the church because we as Christians try to exemplify Christ in living out what he told us to do. Not what he just told us to say, but also what he told us to do. I don't think we're perfect. (laughs) By no means. Because if you're looking for a perfect church, I've been to a lot of churches, and I don't know that you can find a perfect one. I just hope and pray that the people that God calls to be part of the bridge is here so that we can make a difference. That we can leave a legacy of people that have changed hurting people's lives. And we don't have to look real far to find somebody that's beat up by society. We don't have to look real far. And we don't have to t- take a too long of a trip to see someone that is in need. And I love it as a church that you guys are so awesome that you give to missions and, and help McKenzie and the team that, that helps with that. And, and just who we are as a church are known as helpers, and that's what I want. Because I believe that's what Jesus wants. So we've looked at those three individuals, the ones that fell short, but there was one person here in this story that didn't fall short. And that's the one I want to look at today. And i got about 15 more minutes to do it. I'm aware of the time. And this person that we want to look at today, this person, is the Samaritan person. (laughs) So it would be like this in the story that I just laid out. Let's say that it's the Bridge Church and one of our attendees, uh, one of our members, we don't have members. we got covenant partners is what we call them here at our church because... Members have rights, and and partners has responsibility. We believe that people that comes to this church are responsible for this church. Okay, so we believe in partnership, uh, not membership. So let's let's say one of our, our our partners are laying out here along the road, and and I walk by that morning because I got to get in here and uh, do church, and I just I, di- I just walk by and leave them lay there, and then then maybe like I said, Brittany comes by and looks at him, looks over, and says, "Well, I, I ain't got time for that right now. I'm too busy. I got to go in here and and." teach nursery this morning and she, she doesn't deal with those people and I'm not beating up on any of us individual I'm just laying out a story I'm painting a picture I'm I'm doing my own little uh, uh, way Jesus taught here uh, through a parable. I'm, I'm doing a parable of my own because it paints a picture for us to understand, right? So as, as we do that, and then all of a sudden, maybe there's a visitor that was traveling along a lost journey, and, and they were coming through Vanceburg this morning, and, and they seen some cars out here, and maybe it's a person that kind of likes being around groups of people. And, and let's say that was a, a, a Muslim. So the church people left him lay, their own family. And then a Muslim walks by and sees the person laying there and thinks, what's all them Christians doing leaving this person out here in the parking lot? And the Muslim picks that person up, performs all the EMT functions, helps bandage them up and get them ready, and then hauls them to the hospital. Stays in the room with them in the hospital overnight. Walks down to the clerk's desk at the hospital and says, here's for the services they've already got last night, and I know that they're not ready yet to go back out in society, and I'll tell you what, I'll just go ahead and pay for their rehab. Whatever it costs, just send me a bill, I'll pay for it. That's kindly how this story is. A Samaritan was somebody that Jewish people hated because they was of a different religion. They was from a different denomination. I can't help them. They're a Methodist. I I can't help that person. They're a Catholic. I can't help them. They're a Nazarene. And Pentecostals, I can't help them. That's a Pentecostal. Heaven help us to get over are barriers of looking who we can help or can't help. us help whoever needs help. That's the story Jesus is saying. If they're hurting, it's your business. Get in it because I sent you by them for a reason, pastor. Uh, Church leader, I sent you by them for a reason. It's for a purpose. Go and help those that are hurting. So as a church, that's who God is wanting us to be as Christians. And yes, that means sometimes using our own resources or our own paychecks to help them. I know you'd want me to walk on and get on out of that real quick, but I, I, I can't do it. Jesus told us not to store up for ourselves treasures here on earth in earthen vessels, He said, store up for yourself treasures in heaven where rot, moth and rust won't corrupt it. He told us, and by doing these good deeds on this earth, it's by laying up gemstones for us in heaven someday. So if you want to keep any bank account, keep the one in heaven your first priority. And I'm not telling you not to be a good steward on this earth because he tells us to a steward on this earth because it's, he sent the story of Joseph in the Old Testament to store up for seven years waiting on the seven bad years. There's nothing wrong with saving money in a bank account. There's nothing wrong with having a rainy day fund. Don't live life broke. God don't want you to do that. It's awful quiet in here. Must be a bunch of broke folk or something. (laughs) Amen. Be good stewards. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm not saying be rich. I'm just saying take care of what he's given you. Be a good steward. There's nothing wrong with taking care of business. But don't let taking care of business take priority over helping somebody that has a need. Can somebody say amen? Your preacher's needing to hear that right now. Amen. Nothing wrong with helping somebody in need. So as I look at this guy, this this Samaritan, he is the person that shouldn't be helping because he's from a different tribe. But he is the person that ends up helping in the story because Jesus was painting the picture that you guys have been falling short, Jewish leaders. Abraham had Isaac, and Isaac had Jacob. Jacob had 12 sons, and it laid out these tribes. And Israel was a nation, and God had favor on them, and they were the apple of his eye. And yes, all these things are true. But guess what? The children of God fall short. Is there anybody in this place that knows that the church sometimes fails humanity? Jesus is calling us out to be different, to be his assistants, to be the ones that he sends into a dying and hurting world so this Samaritan walks by and what did he do it says he had compassion on him if there's anything that a Christian needs to be today it's a compassionate person and a compassionate person doesn't care more about their opinions than they do the person they're looking at and I'm afraid of the world we're living in that we've become so opinionated That we put up barriers and walls that we say there's these people that I can't care about because they're not like me. If they are a human being with red blood flowing through their veins, God so loved the world. He loved the Muslim nations of the world. He loves the Hindu nations of the world. He loves the Buddhist nations of the world. He calls us as a church, send missionaries to go and be my examples in those communities so they can hear about my son Jesus. Because Jesus can save them from trying to earn their way in eternity. I thank God that we do that as a church. But we can do better. We can do more. And I'm calling on us to be compassionate. Whenever we see people, and I I hope and pray that we can get Kent and Paige here this year, that as just this last year, that we bought those uh, beds for those kids, those 20 orphans in Indonesia as a church that we took up enough money to buy 20 beds and 20 pillows and 20 blankets because Tabby had a vision of that. And we've done it in a week's time. And those kids got a Christmas present known as a bed And we've got pictures of it. They're elated. They're smiling ear to ear because they have a bed to lay on instead of laying on a floor. And they don't have a house. They're sleeping in the church in Indonesia. What if the churches in America would quit closing our doors from Sunday morning until the next Sunday morning? What if we would open up the doors and make it warming centers during ice storms? What if during floods that we would say, yes, we've got ability to open up our doors, we've got heat, we've got water, we've got restrooms, we've got ability to help people in need. If there's anywhere on the planet that already has wasted resources, I believe first and foremost it's churches. Because we're hoarding up for ourselves. And saying, this building, well, I've got to take care of it. What if they come in here and mark on the wall? them little kids are going to come here and get those markers and they're just going to mark all of that wall and I painted I painted for 2 days and made that nursery so pretty and they're going to come here and mark up that wall come on somebody that's church folk when God's saying there's a hurting kid out there that don't know any better, their parents can't teach them, their parents can't raise them up because they was born and raised in that way. And guess what? The church, he's calling us, open up your doors and allow them to come in. It doesn't matter if they stink. It doesn't matter if they don't have a shower. It doesn't matter if they don't have any money. It don't matter about any of that because God is calling the church to help. Have compassion. Have compassion. This guy had compassion. He didn't fall short. He had compassion on him. I love it that he let him ride his donkey. So in my story, in my parable, it would be like letting that guy have your car and take off to Maysville and ride the car down there and you go ahead and walk. Giving somebody else preference over yourself. I love it that I joined a club known as the Rotary Club, and I knew nothing of the Rotary Club. I just got in it by accident and called a guy and seen him posting about it one day. I said, what is the Rotary Club? What do they do? And, and he told me about it, and he said, well, you've got to be invited to be one. And I was like, well, that sounds like a closed-circuit society club. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, but I'll invite you. I was like, well, cool. I'll go with you. So I went to the Rotary with him, and then you've got to have somebody else to sign on you that you're allowed to be in the Rotary Club. You can't just have one person say it. You've got to have two. It kind of sounded like the church to me. <laughs> so I go in, and, and eventually, you know, I get that other person to sign for me or somebody else there I knew that had come from the organization that I work with, and and, and they signed for me. I was like, wow, I'm in the Rotary Club. Now I'm somebody. This is awesome. And they'd make you take a 4 part test every week when we go in there on mondays and eat lunch and uh, and and talk about have a guest speaker and all this stuff and, and and they make you do a four-part test before you walk out the door and you have to recite it every monday it's like this is pretty regimented i kind of like freedom <laughs> sounds regimented it and the whole part of rotary it's about duty above self and every year i have to log hours where that i go out and ring the bell it's a Salvation Army. It's not even part of the Rotary Club, but it's something we go do to serve the community because the Salvation Army in Ashland is the only place in Ashland that houses homeless people. And by me ringing the bell, and this year when I went, it was freezing cold. My, I had that bell in my hand, and I had gloves on, and jerseys. Right, Derek, I, I like my jerseys. And I usually get a year out of them. I, I can wear my jerseys for a year, and I'll, I'll, they're starting to break down. They're in my coat back here. But I, I was ringing that bell, my hands started getting cold because it's, like, cold out there. But every dollar that gets placed in that red bucket, I'm looking at not as in money, but as in a resource that a homeless person, a hurting person, has a place to go lay their head in a warm area. And Ashland is full of homeless people. And I love it, that duty above self. And there's no other organization under the planet that has more of that written into their book than Christians. Jesus exemplified that duty above self. He's asking us today, do more with what He's given us. Be more responsible. This guy did that. He let his donkey go. The guy wrote it. So the beautiful part of this is I begin to think through these things that this Samaritan didn't fall short. He, he he had compassion on him. He let him ride his donkey. And then he even paid the bill after the guy got his health care and even rehab. Even some therapy, D. <laughs> That's pretty lofty bills, ain't it? Anybody ever been through some rehab? Yeah. How many likes getting the bill for it? Rehab's fun until you get the bill. <laughs> This guy paid for his bill too. It's awesome. He didn't fall short. He went above and beyond. That's what the church should be doing. The early church in the first century, you can go back and look this up historically, it was a place where that, as plagues and as sicknesses and all these things that we're facing today in our society just run rampant through Rome. And the first century, church was a church where Paul went and planted all these churches all over the Roman Empire. You, all the way through the epistles, we know those are true. And there was sickness everywhere. And when this sickness was going on, the church was known as the agency that people knew. When I got sick or when I would begin to hurt, that I went and found me a Christian person. And there wasn't even church buildings at that time. The first century Christians took people in their home and cared for them while they were sick. Because I believe they understood this story that Jesus said as the Good Samaritan. They acted out what Jesus told them to do. This year we're reading this book called At Your Best as a church, and I'm digging into it and learning so much from it, but one of the key things that really I think Craig, that uh, the author, Carrie Newhoff, uh, has put out there for me is uh, he, he says early on in the book, I think it's chapter 4, 3 or 4, somewhere in there, he said create margin in your life. And as I think about this sermon, and I'm about done here, create margin in your life. What he's saying is create space for others. Create space where Leslie's song, be still and know he's God. How many knows we live too fast pace of a life? Just we're way too hurried. We're way too busy. We've all got way too many things to do. We overextend ourselves. And there's nothing wrong with wanting better for your kids than you lived out yourself. Ryan, I know you didn't get to do travel ball when you was a kid. <laughs> but some of them hoodlums beside of you, they get to do that kind of stuff, don't they? And That's good stuff. Mama Sullivan. Want more for your kid? There's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes what if God really allows you to do that so that that Kayla can be an example to those other teams that maybe she gets put on with a kid that don't have as much and isn't as resourced with as much. What if we look for opportunities to be a blessing. if the church? Every one of us would look for an opportunity this week to be a blessing to somebody hurting or somebody in need. I'm praying that that's what God allows us to do. And as I think about this individual that fell short, didn't fall short, the one we're looking at this week, everybody else fell short, one didn't. One out of four, that ain't very good odds. That means 25% of us is probably not going to fall short. (laughs) We can do better than that. But this Samaritan, he didn't fall short. And I wonder, in reading this book, Be At Your Best, if if this um, good Samaritan wasn't a person that woke up early in the morning, had breakfast, exercised a little, Had a moment of silence where it just sat still before God, and even left the house early that morning, thinking, "Man, I got to go down here from Jerusalem to Jericho, and I'm gonna travel along this road. So I'm just gonna leave early. I, I ain't gonna leave late and be in a rush, hurry. I, I'm gonna leave early. And I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get there." And I'm t- I'm talking to a church that gets here at what 10:32 for a 10:30 service. <laughs> Just look straight ahead. Don't worry about nobody around you right now because, okay, I, l- I love you and all. Um, but I wonder if this pastor left too late and didn't have time to stop. I wonder if this church leader left too late and didn't have time to stop. Then along comes this good Samaritan, but he had time create some margin in your life schedule some things do some things god will give you opportunities if you seek them if you will make time for them if you plan for them he will open up your eyes to see things that you have not saw before i assure you so i'm going to pray a prayer for us today that we're going to get to see some things this week. So I'm challenging the Bridge Church. And everybody here this morning, you are the Bridge Church. We're all in this thing together. And I'm challenging us to find those hurting in our world that we're living in whether it's our workplace whether it's our classroom whether it's our school bus ride whether it's our softball team everybody in here you you run into people all week long I'm going to pray for God to open our eyes like we haven't had them open before that we'll be able to see from his perspective. Because sometimes who we're looking down on is who he's trying to reach. And he's put us in our path for a reason. I'm telling you today, he's getting ready to shake those you come into contact with because he's going to change your heart. And he's going to take out our stony heart, and he's going to put within us a heart of flesh that sees the hurt from his perspective. and my goal is this and this is what I prayed about I've been praying about this there's a church up in Canada that I heard recently on a podcast and this pastor they've got a goal of having a hundred thousand acts of kindness within a certain time frame and an act of kindness could be pretty simple or it could be very big it could be buying beds for kids in Indonesia it can be seeing the hurting kid down the road and stopping by to a pop and candy bar on the way home. And send them out there by the road and just stop handing it to them, watching their face turn it to a smile because they know their parents can't afford it. You can. God is calling us to be different. If you want to live a life worthy, do everything you can. That's what he's calling us. He's challenging us in this place. And I'm asking this week alone, Todd, how many people's here today? 81 people total here today at the bridge. A lot more than that online. A lot more will listen to the podcast. It's going to be okay. I want 500 acts of kindness before next Sunday. Cause we're going to have vision sunday next week and it's a great time it's a great experience and i want you to get here anybody that can get here i want you here next week because it's a time where you're going to hear about the good things we've done in 2021 but it sets the stage for also what we're planning to accomplish in 2022 and god has got some big big things in store for us as a group 500. everybody say 500. now look at your neighbor and say 500. Pastor, that sounds like an awful lot for 80 people. Let's say there's 20 watching online. There's only 100 of us. That means i got to do five things this week before I get back here on Sunday. Yep. About five apiece should be good. They can be little. They can be big. And I'm telling you this, if we go out and serve this community that we're in this week, I promise you that there will be 500 hurting people that you're going to come into contact with that God is going to show you and open your eyes as you're driving down the road and you see these little kids that I'm talking about or they're on your bus or whoever they are, that God is going to point things out and show you that that person at your workplace that's been going through a hard time and you know they're about on the brink of a divorce and all the pain and anxiety and fear and things that are coming up, that you're going to be able to speak life to situations won't you bow your head and close your eyes your prayer. Sounds too simple, preacher, just for me to say those words. Let it come off your lips. Don't say this, don't say this just in your mind, but say these words off of your lips. Let this roll off your lips. That he is God and you are not. Just say those words. You are God and I am not. God, and I am not. So I will wait on you. I will wait on you. I will wait on you. Yes, God. I will wait Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for this story of the Good Samaritan. God, I pray over the people in this room and those watching online and those that we'll hear on the podcast this week. God, I pray that you would open our minds to be able to see uh, our society and our world and those hurting. God, the way you see them, that we would uh, begin to tear down the walls that we've built as humanity. And God, that you would just open up our hearts and allow us to see from your perspective. God, that you would give us the insight and that you would allow us to accomplish this goal as a church for 500 people to be affected this week by the goodness of those that are sitting here today. God, that we would be difference makers the way this Samaritan was. Let the church be the church that is an agency of change for those who are hurting. That we will be a blessing that you've called us to be, Jesus. That we will be neighborly. You are God. We that we wouldn't are divide, God. but we would unite, oh God. Allow us, God, to hear your voice this entire week. God, I pray as a Holy Spirit, you said that when you would send him back into the world, Jesus, when you left, that it would be beneficial for us. That he would speak. That it would bring things to remembrance. God, I pray that every word that's ever been spoken would ring clear in our minds and clear in our hearts. That we would affect change as a group. We would be challenged by you to do great and mighty things the way your son Jesus did. Let miracles happen. Let this room be filled with testimonies next week as we come in from all these good things that we've done because you're calling us to do them, God. Not only words, but deeds, God. Allow us to reach out and be the blessing that you've called us to be. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody says, Amen. Amen. Go and be a blessing to somebody this week. Reach out. Come back in this room and I want you to do your part. Don't leave it on everybody else. Do your part this week. We love you. You're dismissed.